7 o'clock on a Saturday night, and as usual, that means it's time for the other podcast. I'm your host, Robert Stacy McCain. And I'm not hello, folks. It's the other guy on the other podcast here, John Hogue, and live and direct from exotic Valdosta, Georgia. Hello, Diana. Hello, hello. There you are. Um, if- and... Oh, there's a there's a lightning storm moving through. So, <laughs> oh, that sounds oh, okay. well. That will you know uh, help. Actually, lightning is a good thing. Uh, striking the ground like that helps put nitrogen back. If if you if you get zapped, uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, announce this live. But anyways, uh, you can find my good friend John Hogue's blogging at Hogwash. Dot com. And you can find Stacy's scribbles uh, at uh, the othermccain.com and other excellent sites around the interwebs. Too many to mention. By the way, folks, um, uh, Stacy usually has something about Valdosta news for us. So uh, yeah, are, let's, are you prepared? let's check the news out of Valdosta. <laughs> yes, let's see. What's, what's going on down there in the uh, heart of South Georgia? Yeah, let's well, see here. Go ahead. Well, um, because uh, Lanier County is tiny and right next to us, we're helping in the manhunt for our our sheriff is helping in the manhunt for a um, an escaped suspect in a shooting. <laughs> yes, and oh, okay. really? Yeah. Uh, Evidently I'm not seeing this story at the web page, so you, you'll have to oh, fill me in. It's a few days old. Um, let's see. Uh, there were uh, two suspects, uh, the first and um, an unfortunate victim who was shot in his car by the other two. They captured the first guy, and the other went still went running away. It was ridiculous. Um, was that in uh, Lanier? Lanier. I'm sorry. Is that Lanier or Lanier? Lanier. Lanier. Okay. Yes, it, it's Lanier. Uh, Lanier County is um, mostly uh, named for the poet Sid. Yeah, it's the poet Sid, poet laureate of Georgia, Sidney Lanier. Have you never mm-hmm. heard of Sidney Lanier? Sadly, no. But I will look him up. <laughs> okay, but yeah. So, so yes. Yeah, so, uh, okay. So well, I well, I, you know. I will admit that I saw your comment uh, to my comment at one of Stacy's posts that we'll get to later. And I may be mm-hmm. the only uh, person besides you who got the, uh, <laughs> the uh, allusion to that poem. Oh, okay. okay. It's a, it's a poetry jokes, huh? No, it was yeah, a, we do basically, those. <laughs> but that she was referring uh, to something, how something was uh, similar to the NKVD and you ah. would have to, mm-hmm. uh, understand the nature of of the poem and the poet to uh, to get it it's mm-hmm. a, it, but for most for most americans would be very obscure well you're about to uh, you're about to reference one of my favorite quotes from dr peter venkman oh you mean dogs and cats living together <laughs> yes I thought, indeed. well i thought that would fit better than uh 40 days of uh, darkness yeah but uh, mm-hmm. anyway uh yeah, to start with something uh, in the, you know, I almost did this with a, uh, I, I'm not making this up, you know, post, but uh, uh, for those of us who, you know, have been uh, cutting the cable for the last 10 mm. years, I've had what's called an Apple TV, and it's a little widget you plug into the TV set, and it allows you to get stuff over the interwebs. Well, 
now for the last few years, Apple has actually made that, you know, where you don't have to actually buy their widget. Uh, it's an app on your, your Macintosh or uh, on your pad or iPhone. And you can mm. do that, you know, get your TV that way. Well, the Apple TV app is now available at the Microsoft store. Oh dear! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Dogs things. and cats living together. Yeah, forty mm. years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave, human sacrifice. Dogs and cats living together. living together. <laughs> Hysteria. Yes, I get the picture. Yeah, so anyways, but uh, it, it's a famous scene from Ghostbusters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the real anyway. Ghostbusters. Real <laughs> Wrath of God stuff. stuff yes. <laughs> well, speaking, well, somebody, uh, how speaking about Wrath of, of the Ginger? Wrath of God, no, the Wrath the of Ginger. Dog is upon us. Maybe there's a cat. No, actually, you do have a cat here. There, hey, this is a place where dogs and cats are living together. Same here. <laughs> Well, we haven't we haven't had we haven't had a dog at Stately Hogue Manor since about well, it's been almost uh, fifteen years now. So um, do that as well. But speaking of of, of other uh, ways that you can get silly stuff over cable or not cable, uh, there's apparently been some personnel changes in various news operations. <laughs> the masked. Tater. The tater has been mashed. Uh, uh, my headline this week was Ace of Spades frantically seeks new target of fat jokes as CNN axes unpopular pudgy bald guy. By the way, did you see the way Babylon B handled the story? They offered him a job because they, they're looking for experts in fake news. <laughs> oh, Babylon B. Yeah, Seth Dillon. Yeah. That was so funny. Yeah, anyways, uh, Brian Stelter got the axe <laughs> uh, uh, from CNN this week. Uh, they've got, they're under new ownership and management over at CNN, and apparently... Uh, um, they're interested in um, actually being profitable. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But um, uh, Ace of Spades has been pounding on that tater because you know we call him Tater because he looks so much like a spud. Mm -hmm. uh, but Ace has been pounding uh, on this guy for years, <laughs> and, and so I, I mean thousands, literally thousands of Tater jokes Ace has made, and so. Mm. Um, well, but, you went with mashed. Uh, Fired uh, potatoes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> with, with yeah. Fried potatoes. Deep fried. Fired. Deep, deep potatoes. fired. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But uh, anyways, um, in a statement, a spokesperson for CNN said, CNN will end its reliable sources program on Sunday, <laughs> August 21st. As a result, Brian Stelter will lead the company. We appreciate his contributions to the network and wish him well as he embarks on new endeavors. <laughs> I guess they can't say yes. We've we've thrust him out the door and are are uh, are uh, conducting a, a cleansing and uh, smudging of his offices. <laughs> yeah, the network the network did not say what programming would replace the one hour program. And as I said, they could put. SpongeBob SquarePants reruns and get higher ratings because literally, this is literally true. He was getting beaten in the ratings by reruns of SpongeBob SquarePants on Nickelodeon. That's how bad. I'm wondering, uh, does Warner have the rights to SpongeBob? <laughs> <laughs> well, now that I think about it, they probably do because that. The Cartoon Network was originated, as I recall, with Turner. And if if Turner owned the Cartoon Network, then yeah, but he may not, they may not they may have bought the show from somebody else. Somebody else may have the rights. But for example, they've they've got lots of good material. They could put the Animaniacs on. Yes, yes, oh, yeah. Well, they also we? use Pinky and the Brain, Brain. so so which yes. is one one that you use frequently. But um, anyways, but. Um, he is um, 
they've also gotten rid of Jeffrey Tubin, who uh, <laughs> you will recall famously <laughs> masturbated on a Zoom call. Uh, so, so, yeah, yeah, I, I've, just, I've been avoiding that one. <laughs> just, yeah. I have not stopped laughing since the uh, since somebody did a parody of it. We're like, oh, no, he's not. <laughs> but, 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 you know, the, th the sad thing about it is this, that this program, Reliable Sources, okay, mm -hmm. began with the guy who now hosts the media uh, watchdog show on Fox, namely Howard Kurtz, who was a mm -hmm. longtime media columnist uh, for the mm -hmm. Washington Post. So Kurtz originated this show. Well, 30 mm -hmm. years ago, it was a worthwhile show. It's just been in the last nine years that the wheels have really yeah. come off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, since, since basically Howard Kurtz got paid to come over to Fox and they plugged in, um, um, what's his name? Tater. They plugged mm. Tater into this slot. And, uh, and and Zucker, by the way, Zucker, uh, mm. this was one of Jeff Zucker's high-profile choice because they got him from the New York Times, where mm -hmm. he was a columnist for the New York Times. And he had joined the New York Times right out of college. Yeah, but he had mm -hmm. some. He actually had some mileage in crit. As he had been doing some real blogging about media and and had a little bit of a following on the internet. But you know, it's it's interesting. You you, you talk about Howard Kurtz going to Fox. Mm -hmm. uh, Tucker Carlson used to be on CNN. <laughs> he also used to be on MSNBC. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, so, you know, it, uh, and uh, I'm, so, I'm so old, I remember Robert Novak on CNN. Oh, my God. Oh, that yeah. was a while. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well. I mean, it used to be a real news network. Yes, it did. There was and a time. It, there was a time, but now, uh, you I know. Mean, Bernie Shaw uh, used to be, you know, basically uh, who was a competent guy they got from CBS and became their main anchor, uh, you know, really built a brand around uh, the work that mm -hmm. he and a bunch of real journalists did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, those were the days. Those were the days. Well, but the standards were higher then. Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, you know, back <laughs> when I was a young bachelor, uh, but uh, uh, memories of my bachelorhood become kind of relevant <laughs> because I, I had a post uh, this week uh, asking, are higher standards really to blame? Wow. And uh, uh, this involved someone named Kylie Chung. Kylie Chung wrote a column uh, for Jezebel, which is a feminist uh, website that begins like this. A new Psychology Today article posits that modern dating's higher standards for straight men have created more lonely single men than ever. And the psychologist writing the column pretty much says that men need to fix everything about themselves or die alone, which sounds like a fun little choice. According to author Greg Matos, because men comprise approximately 62% of dating app users, their chances for matches, let alone successful in-person meetups and eventual relationships, are dramatically lower out of the gate. Further, he writes, quote, dating opportunities for heterosexual men are diminishing as healthy relations standards increase, close quote. And uh, he goes on, Matos regularly holds roundtable-like discussions with women ages 25 to 30, 45, and hears that they, quote, prefer men who are emotionally available, good communicators, and share similar values. Now, she is... Uh, uh, Miss Chung, uh, who um, uh, wrote this article, is herself single. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, and and having read some of her stuff, I understand why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's but my not standards probably, may be higher than some. 
She's probably not the person you want lecturing you about uh, relationship standards. Um, uh, I, 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 you know, because see, here's one of my habits is that is that when I read an article that uh, has a shocking or or a, you know counterintuitive thing to it when it seemed when the what is being argued seems strange and offensive my first question is okay who is the person making this argument and so i investigated mrs chung miss chung through mm-hmm. her instagram profile and twitter feed uh she makes herself uh, uh she has a habit of um thirsting, as the young people say, <laughs> over uh, NBA stars, including uh, James Harden of the Philadelphia 76ers. And um, reacting to this um, uh, article, Professor Glenn Reynolds, our friend Instapun it, observed, one of the takeaways here is that men need to raise their game. This may, mm. in fact, be true, but... If the article were about lonely single women, the takeaway would be that men need men to raise, need to their, raise game. their game. Right. Because <laughs> rule number one in articles about dating and relationship is that men are always the problem. Yep. And so so what the what results is a uh, lack of self-reflection. Mm-hmm. On the part of uh, uh, women, it's never their fault, right? It's always the guys. And... Oh, never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, men are always at fault, especially. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, is that it the the what they mean by good communicators and emotionally open is um, uh, willing to sit there and be lectured and uh, berated. And you know, men, real men are not gonna. Men are not gonna put up with that. Oh, he, he needs not. to. You know, you know. But the but the big the big thing here. What is really being missed? Okay, <laughs> uh, in this discussion is that's not how women actually judge men. Uh, right. uh, certainly not in the dating scenario. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, that a high-quality man, a, a desirable man, a high-status man, uh, <laughs> depending on you know what your um, general thing is, that the the men who are most, um, what shall I say, the most desired among um, women, uh, don't have to do any of that crap. Okay, in other words, uh, an NBA superstar. Uh, do we care about his, you know, um, uh, emotional, emotional availability? Right, no. his emotional. <laughs> no, nobody cares about that. It's, you know, he's a multimillionaire who's six foot five. Uh, no, women aren't. Aren't. Are, they don't. They don't care whether he's emotionally available. Right. Well, depends on what they're looking for. I mean, if they are looking for a, a steady, long term relationship, um, I can. You talk about my experience courting my wife. Uh, mm-hmm. She was an incredibly talented woman and an incredibly pretty woman. And there were lots of people who were interested in her. And for some reason, she picked me, although I wasn't as high status as some of the people that she met in the music business. But she looked at me one day and said, you know, I think you're the one who won't leave me. Mm-hmm. And so there is. There is something about real manliness uh, that has to do with with the integrity of the relationship. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that uh, uh, the readers and writers of Jezebel haven't figured out for themselves yet. Sadly. And they they, they don't understand what they're really looking for yet. Another thing is, and this is a, a main... One of my main beefs is that um, online dating is for losers. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry if uh, guys, this is not the place you you want to be looking at. Dating apps uh, in general are are just not the way to go. Okay, because the odds are stacked against you, as he points out there. That uh, 
62% of the users of uh, dating apps are men. So, it, which mm -hmm. means that it's nearly a two to one, uh, nearly a three to one ratio of men to women on these apps. And so, uh, what happens is is that uh, this creates uh, a distortion of uh, value. Okay, and um, you know, it, and there there are a lot of factors involved, uh, but other things being equal, that's not where you're going to succeed. It's like I'll give you an example. Back when I was a uh, a young man, uh, back in the disco days, right? Mm -hmm. We used to uh, <laughs> we used to go out clubs, right? And uh, I, I was very good at walking in a club, walking, circling around through there, and estimating uh, the male-to-female ratio, okay? Uh, because if the, if the male-to-female ratio wasn't good, okay, right, if there, if there simply weren't enough girls in the place, right, to satisfy, satisfy the, uh, the male demand, so to speak, uh, for the product, uh, it wasn't going to be good. So, so I would oftentimes I would go to three or four different clubs uh, before I found the one that you know uh, that I wanted to uh, be Mister Goodbar in. Yes, but uh, <laughs> moving along to, to to what makes a successful relationship, where did you meet your wife? At work. Where uh -huh. did you meet your husband? Uh, actually, at a book signing in Berkeley. But it was a mili it was military SF. It was John Ringo. Yeah. Okay. So you you, you met him uh, in in in, uh, in a day to something that was your day to day experience. Where did mm -hmm. I meet my wife in the grand ballroom of the Waldorf at a trade mm -hmm. show? You know, she was one of the people there who wasn't a booth babe. So mm -hmm. you know it. Well, we, the important thing we, is, we, is the, get out of the house. Well, and and mm -hmm. and get on with your life. Yes, have a life, where, people. <laughs> yes. Right? Well, but then there are all sorts of people who just don't seem to be able to have a life of their own, and so they have to go out and screw up somebody else's life. Uh, I, did a, uh, I did a post uh, titled Bullies. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I picked this uh, story up uh, at... Uh, off a of legal insurrection, uh, mm -hmm. a bunch of trans activists uh, had been shouting down an 80-year-old woman who spoke out against biological males in the women's changing room. Uh, mm -hmm. Julie Jammon uh, had been banned from the Port Townsend YMCA swimming pool after she complained about a biological male being in the room while she was showering and uh, he was ogling the uh, girls, young girls there. Uh, little girls. Changing. Yeah, little girls who were changing. And, uh, you know, she, she, she apparently was in the wrong uh, uh, because she felt threatened in a situation like that. And then when she was making yeah. a speech about it, uh, the trans activists were uh, – tearing down a bunch of uh, suffragette flags that were on display at the event and tried to sabotage the PA system. You know, I'm so old that I remember when men who men? Uh, picked on women were considered bullies. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, it's interesting, though, right after this instant started uh, getting some traction, the the a hashtag LGBT drop LGB drop the T has started appearing on Twitter. So maybe it's you know, like uh, uh, one lady's room too far, and some of the, uh, you know, and maybe there's the public's just had enough, and we're finally going to be uh, giving women their safe spaces back. Yeah, over at my anyway, yes. <laughs> Over at uh, my blog, theothermccain.com, I've got a link there uh, to a, um, a substack uh, post by Mandy Statmiller. Okay, Mandy Statmiller, 
um, this should this should be right at the top of the blog because you put it up right, before right, we right, right, mm-hmm. right, and and she has a comment about it. And part of what it, it has emerged a, as a result of this, I mean, she has got all the facts on this story. But the mayor of this town, and by the way, this town is ten thousand people, and the oh. mayor is a guy named David Faber. And he is, uh, well, he's a freak. Uh, mm-hmm. Pervert is another word you could use. And the, and the question of um, why he uh, should happen to be mayor uh, of the, I, I mean, it's just, it's just really, uh, it's just really sad. Mm-hmm. Um is he one um, of those people? Is it this one of those situations where um, they are the mayor is selected by mutual com- by a majority uh, condemnation? Yeah. Well. Well. What, actually, what it is, and I, I, you know, because I was kind of curious myself. It turns out that uh, the city council choose from among themselves. The city council ah, is elected, yes. and they choose from among themselves which person they want to be the mayor. And for some reason, uh, the city council people chose this guy. But how did he ever get elected to the city council? Well, he ran unopposed in a uh-huh. town of 10,000 people. You know, they, it may be a lot of people aren't just interested in uh, uh, being on the city council. And so, um, uh, but he has got a lot, uh, says a lot of... Um, uh, ugly things. He uses mm. the word turf. Mm. And uh, so this is the mayor yeah. of the town and the mm-hmm. person who, who was looking at little girls in the YMCA uh, dressing room uh, is a guy named Clementine Adams. Uh, and, and, they're, and this person is now raising money on GoFundMe for <sighs> sex change surgery. So, so you can... Uh, <sighs> Uh, it's just really, it's just really, the whole thing is sick. Uh, and it, and, and these, uh, these transgender activists are out of control. On the other yes, hand. Yes, they are. On the other hand, uh, if they, at least they get as far as uh, turning them into eunuchs, some people will be safer. Um, the, I don't but, know, you know the, the whole trans thing has just gone absolutely bonkers uh, yep. to the point where, uh, you know, they, you know, I, I, I've been uh, writing for the last uh, year and a half about how the Democrats have been overreaching uh, because this looks like their their last time that because there's going to be probably such a blowout uh, in November that uh, this is their last chance to get stuff done for a long time. And you see that overreach, though, going not just beyond politics, but all sorts of uh, social issues and the, this whole mm-hmm. trans groomer thing is just absolutely batshit crazy to the point where it's they're making their own case against themselves right and their demand for censorship of uh social media mm-hmm. um uh and they're what they're specifically trying to do now is trying to get libs of tiktok if you know what libs of tiktok mm-hmm. is is a twitter account which simply reposts uh, to Twitter material that was posted on TikTok, okay? Mm-hmm. See, see, and part of the reason for this is, okay, is that most more adults are on Twitter uh, than mm-hmm. on TikTok. TikTok attracts a very youthful audience, and so, so a lot of material that's on TikTok uh, is is may surprise uh, people who don't use that uh, platform. And of, well, you know, very few people are actually on Twitter. And when I tell people what's on Twitter, that usually scares them. Well, anyways, and so transgender activists have accused libs of TikTok and other prominent Twitter users of engaging in terrorism in an attempt to have them removed for the platform for criticizing child sex change procedures. Libs of TikTok 
commentator Matt Walsh, Manhattan Institute senior fellow Chris Rufo, and activist Billboard Chris shared several publicly available documents and videos mm -hmm. purporting to show that Boston's Children's Hospital was performing sex changes on minors. Now, uh, that's, that's just way too far. That's just going way too far. Uh, activists accuse the accounts of stochastic terrorism. <laughs> and I explain on my blog uh, what that term means. But it's the <laughs> idea that... Um, idea that uh, people using a, 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 with a, a large uh, presence, a, a, a prominent people, uh, can by demonizing uh, a, an individual or group, um, uh, increase the probability of uh, violent attacks against the truth. And this is uh, something that has also uh, been called violent scripting, but anyways, it, yeah. But it, here's the problem: it's that's utter nonsense from a legal point of view because of uh, the Brandenburg versus Ohio decision about what mm -hmm. uh, the First Amendment allows you to say, short of actual incitement, you know, as in "go do this now," sort of thing. And it mm -hmm. it's it is just utterly nonsensical. I mean, it's the same sort of thing that. Uh, you saw, well, actually, but the Bolsheviks actually try to do uh, just by mm -hmm. branding people as kulaks. Oh yeah. Um, and but that's not what's happening here. The um, tell the, me the truth tr is never uh, the truth is never libel. The truth is not harassment. The mm -hmm. truth is not defamation. And the truth is not incitement to violence. What they're trying to do is to censor the truth because the most important thing in this blog post that I put up on this subject was actually just a, a, th a tossed away remark uh, parenthetically where I said, pardon the interruption, but Boston Children's Hospital has been actively in the forefront of the early intervention approach mm -hmm. to transgenderism. And anyone who says otherwise is either ignorant or lying. The founder of the BCH Gender Clinic, Dr. Norman Spack, has been called an evangelist uh, for transgender procedures for children. Now, in each of those cases, I link... Uh, to articles that are archived, and there are many more out there. If if you would care to research it, you will find mm -hmm. that uh, if you go back as far as uh, 2010, 2011, 2012, there were all these feature articles about the pioneering work that Dr. Mm -hmm. Spack was doing at Boston Children's Hospital. But now that the truth is coming out, you're beginning to see things start to disappear from YouTube. Oh, yeah. And, uh, uh, the hospital's website and places like that. Oh, yeah. Fortunately, they the Internet's forever, and uh, all this stuff's backed up. Um, and they're hiding it. But, you know, right. But, you know... On the other hand, we were talking just a little while ago about uh, the the guy in the, uh, the guy in the ladies' shower right, room. Right, right. Yes. Uh, he's 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 got himself a GoFundMe, right? Yes. So that yes. he he wants pe he wants people to pay him to, to be a weirdo. To, to, yes. to be a weirdo. Whereas mm -hmm. I we just want the people to pay us uh, to tell the truth. Tell them about the yellow button, Stacy. Folks, if you will go to my blog, theothermccain.com, you will notice near the top of the center column the yellow button with the word donate on it. If you will click the yellow button, it will take you to my PayPal account where you can contribute dollars, pesos, euros, yen, shekels, whatever currency you have. No Russian rubles, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, anyways, but yes, you can contribute to the support of the blog uh, to support the podcast and, of course, to keep my wife happy because uh, she likes it when I make money off of this blog and uh, keeping my wife happy is job number one. Meanwhile, over at my good friend John Hogue's site, 
hogwash.com. If you look over there, right in the uh, sidebar on the right at the top, there's an icon of a tip jar. Clip on, click on that and be taken to my PayPal account where you can help support the blog. Or you can scroll down uh, a bit and click on a link that will take you to the Hogwash store and uh, do shopping there. Or you can just uh, mail me the money. And, and matter of fact, you can even mail me gold, imperial, Russian rubles. I will take those. Uh, and you get the address uh, uh, if you click on the DMCA uh, uh, link up, up in the, uh, the the menu bar on the top. It that's got my address. You can uh, send me all the, the the nice contributions that you wish. Uh, or you can shop using Amazon links you find uh, at either Hogwash or the other McCain.com. We both participate in the Amazon affiliates program. Um, and regardless of how you choose to support us, we have, would hope that you would remember the five most important words in the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar. Indeed. Now, Stacy, <clears throat> as we going through this stuff we, we, we still got actually the bulk of the the, mm -hmm. the things to go through but most of them are actually pretty quick hits although i want to start off with our our, our talking about uh the uh, a an analogy that's... too far well i wanted i wanted to talk about uh a, a bunch of people i'd call fact checkists uh, <laughs> Good now, name. I I have a, this an uneasy feeling about mm -hmm. things that are happening to language. Uh, we mm -hmm. had this Department of Hong, Homeland Security that actually was is, is 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 they they're just slowing down starting up the uh, disinformation uh, mm -hmm. uh, bunch, uh, and they're they're literal fact fact checkers. But then we mm -hmm. have. We have an Inflation Reduction Act that's actually going to, actually, it's more like the Inflation Reinvigoration Act. Yep. Um, Throw the gasoline yeah. on that fire. Yeah, I mean, but I, 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 I was, this is reminding me of something that's in the appendix at the end of 1984 about mm -hmm. the Newspeak language. And in it, um, um, Orwell writes, it was impossible to translate any passage of old speak into new speak unless it either referred to some technical process or some very simple everyday action, or it was already orthodox, good thinkful, would be the new speak expression uh, in tendency. In practice, this meant that no book written before approximately 1960 could be translated as a whole Pre-revolutionary literature could only be subjected to an ideological translation, that is, alteration in sense as well as language. Take, for example, the well-known passage from the Declaration of Independence, and it starts off, we hold these truths to be self-evident, and it, it ends uh, with uh, at the point where it talks about the right of the people to alter or abolish it mm -hmm. and to institute new government, and then Orwell continues, it would have been quite impossible to render this into newspeak while keeping the sense of the original. The nearest one could come to doing so would be to swallow the whole passage in the single word, crime think. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I think about this and I see what's going on and mm -hmm. it's like things are really becoming double plus on good. Now that, that is a Brave New World reference. <laughs> Well, plus, uh, no, uh, ungood is uh, newspeak of you because you can't have bad in newspeak. Uh, double plus ungood, I swear that's in uh, Brave New World, but okay, whatever. Okay, well, I will, I will let y'all argue <laughs> over literature. I'll, I'll send you the link. Right. I, meanwhile, uh, had a question of rhetoric uh, mm -hmm. regarding, um, regarding uh, something that Michael Walsh, who, by the way, mm -hmm. I've interviewed, Michael Walsh is an author, mm -hmm. um, and I suggested that he had gone an analogy too far uh, when he declared that Merrick Garland is, quote-unquote, the second coming of Lavrenti Baria. Now, <laughs> mm -hmm. I grant, 
I will grant that Garland's motives are essentially totalitarian. Okay. And I will further grant that Garland's tactic likewise seemed borrowed from the Bolsheviks. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but as bad as Garland is, and he is plenty bad, it mm -hmm. strikes me as rhetorical overkill to compare him to Berea, mm -hmm. one of the worst monsters in human history. And I uh, then uh, uh, cite uh, some of um, mm -hmm. uh, some of the worst of, of Berea, who was right. who was literally a killer. And by the way, I told mm -hmm. you uh, uh, you will find in there links to a couple of uh, useful books on the subject. These are linked, of course, through my Amazon affiliates account. So if you will buy those books through the links. Uh, I will get a commission on that at no cost to you. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's what I was talking about. The, um, the because we are not communists. We're capitalists. We're greedy we are. capitalists. And well, if, I wouldn't go so far as greedy, but money grubbing does come in there a little bit. Yeah, but the but the whole idea that um, uh, you know, it's it's like comparing something to the Holocaust. Okay, nothing is really comparable to the Holocaust, and right. And so so when you Start uh, coming up with analogies, actually, comparing someone to Lavrenti Berea. Actually, some of Mao's stuff would be right up there. In the it was. It was. Yeah. And of course, let's and, not and, even talk about what happened in Cambodia. Yeah, I was going to say, and Paul Pot may have actually exceeded it. Exceeded on it, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I'm so old that I remember there was a recent disturbance in the farce. Mm. I did pronounce that correctly. Uh, uh, about you know, the fact checkers that we're going to have at the home, at Homeland Security. So why wouldn't remodeling uh, the Department of Justice online with? I picked the MVD because that was uh, that was the earlier version. But I, Diana, you suggested the NKVD. I perhaps. did. Um, you know, either one. One was the NKVD was a the People's Commissariat for, for State Security mm -hmm. and yes. uh, the MVD was was when it was a ministry. Um, it's a and, it's a transitional fo uh, force, though. There's there's some real differences. NKVD well, is a lot scarier. <laughs> well, except except that eventually the MVD uh, uh, absorbed both it and the mm -hmm. MGB as well. So, mm -hmm. Yes, uh, which is not a uh, British uh, sports car. <laughs> But, um, but uh, you know, on the other hand, I don't think, I, I, I do agree that Berea is the wrong person. First of mm. all, I don't think Garland is remotely as ruthless. Okay. <laughs> no, Second, he's more like Yezhov, the uh, malignant little, the malignant dwarf. I actually, I was going to say he's more like Maliki. Uh, or, ah, or, good uh, choice. And, 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 well, no, and, and what he's trying to build is something that's much more like Stasi. Mm, I yeah. guess, I guess, yeah. but I still want to. I still, I still want my little stanza. <laughs> well, I, it, it, it is, it is true, uh, you know that uh, that uh, you know. But the thing is, the level of competence is so low in the Biden mm -hmm. administration. It's like. He's he's they're, they're, it's like Stasi wannabe. Mm. I, uh, I, I, you know, if, if this is their best and their brightest, um, I, I don't think they've got a whole lot of uh, things. On the other hand, just in the last uh, six to We're eight months, oh, well. <laughs> hmm? we aren't going to get to use it where I glimpse the top of a sky blue cap. And the house attendant, white with fear. Yep. Okay. Um, Anna Akmatova. Is... Yes. Yeah. She the, was the a Scott... Russian poet of that period. And she was, they arrest, they shot her first husband, arrested her second, uh, arrested her son, but never came for her. And she kept writing. She wrote a lot of poetry about what that was like. And that was that's a line from one of her better po from a one of her better short poems. A sky blue cap. Yes, the that's uh, that's the, the color hat. that the NKVD wrote 
more. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they, their style, they, they, no, no one ever has ever been quite as stylish as the Checo. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> they, they wore incredibly hip leather jackets, leather mm-hmm. uh, long coats, actually. Meanwhile, speaking of secret police who used to who used mm-hmm. to dress well uh <laughs> the fbi basically didn't do well in surveys about uh, uh trustworthiness around the first of the year and that there's now there's been this new survey that says they're not doing <laughs> nearly as well yes um uh, rasmussen reports had the headline this week Biden's Gestapo? Trump raid hurts voter trust in FBI. Um, It says, last week's raid by the Federal Bureau of Investigation on former President Donald Trump's home has damaged the FBI's standing with Republican and independent voters. Uh, The poll by Rasmussen Reports finds that 44% of likely U.S. voters said the raid on Trump's Florida home made them trust the FBI less compared to 29% who made made them trust the Bureau more. 50% of voters have a favorable impression of the FBI, including 26% who have a very favorable view. Anyways... And then it says, Roger Stone, an advisor to former President Donald Trump, has said there is a group of politicized thugs at the top of the FBI who are using the FBI as Joe Biden's personal Gestapo. A majority, 53% of voters now agree with Stone's statement, up from 46% in December including 34% who strongly agree. So a majority of Americans now agree that the uh, bosses of the FBI have turned it into Joe Biden's personal Gestapo. Well, let's see, the advantage of it being his personal Gestapo, from his point of view, is uh, they're no longer bound by uh, the law, either statute law or case law. Mm -hmm. And... One of the things that there that is a matter of both statute law is the president's authority to declassify and the president's mm-hmm. inherent authority about whether to uh, something is a personal record or, or a presidential record. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, his authority to declassify is uh, from uh, is, is a matter of uh, a Supreme Court decision. Uh, that goes back to 1988 and the DC district court ruled in uh, 2012 that the president uh, versus personal presidential versus personal record authority. Basically it's whatever the president says. It's not what the Mm -hmm. archivist says. It's if the president says, yeah, what it is is there some guy who works as a librarian (laughs) at the national archives is the source the who who got this raid turned in you know he complained and oh the trump people took all the documents well the thing is is that uh, the 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 soul based on what uh, the the case law is right now uh trump uh, a a president has the sole authority about what he's mm-hmm. going to decide to take with him yeah uh, now he has to get all that done during his term but uh that's that, and it's a, you know so the uh, it's going to basically you know the the case should be laughed out of court. It probably won't be, but it mm. should. Be. Meanwhile, we are coming up on something that's going to be something that we haven't seen for years. We're going to have no Clintons, no mm. Bushes, no Kennedys, no Cheneys. None of those political dynasties will have somebody in elected office come January. Yes, that's ooh, right. Ooh. The one man killed them all. <laughs> <laughs> the headline is RIP Republican Establishment uh, Resquit Pache, I believe is how that's uh, pronounced. Requisite mm-hmm. in Pache. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So unless, unless you speak church Latin, then it's in, in which pace. case it's pace. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes thank you. But, but if you speak Latin, it's pace. Yes. Okay then. Okay. I'm. I, uh, thank you for the pedantic uh, assistance there. Um, but yes, uh, um, Trump derangement syndrome is the cause of death. Uh, uh, Liz Cheney um, got her butt kicked uh, in the um, in the um, uh, primary, and as a matter of fact, um, she, it, what's it, what's terrible is that she won the last time with seventy over seventy percent of the vote. I think seventy two percent of the vote, and I mean, and she got she just got wasted this time. Yeah, as she a matter of fact, I, I in my blog post uh, uh, on Tuesday evening before the polls closed in Wyoming, mm-hmm. I suggested that she might lose by by thirty points, and uh, she proved me wrong. She lost by thirty eight points, yeah. <laughs> which is amazing. Uh, yeah, and and it, it it and she this this Trump derangement syndrome and and as a matter of fact it it, it's it's so strange that liz cheney of all people who represents Mm. wyoming in congress should be the one uh to to you know uh basically become the republican face of the january 6th show trial uh because no state in the union gave a greater share of its vote to trump in 2020 than wyoming Trump came within a statistical eyelash of getting 70% of the vote in Wyoming. And and so, in essence, what Liz Cheney has been doing is waging war on her own state's voters. Well, yeah, but uh, the question is, does she hate those voters more or does Olipond it? Mm. Yes. Good question. Who, by the way, who, by the way, is leaving uh, his uh, post where I've been reading it for so many years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ala Pundit was, um, you know, one of the original, the first people that uh, Michelle Malkin hired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hot Air. At hotair.com, so along with Brian Preston. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in, oh, I'm going to say it was 2006. It may have been 2005, like that, yeah. but it may have been 2005. But the idea uh, of the original idea of hot air, by the way, uh, was to post original video. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that was what they wanted to do is, is that it was a video oriented site because YouTube was just becoming a thing. And so the idea of producing original content on video and getting exclusive footage from various things, that was what it was about. They were aimed at that. And one of the things they, they used to do, uh, they had a, a sort of a, a conservative version of The View uh, that Michelle Malkin hosted. Uh, and but it turned out that that's not what the people wanted. Uh, that they could get uh, uh, video from everywhere. So they uh, Brian Preston, who had been brought in as a video producer, uh, after a while he was let go, and they brought in uh, Ed Morrissey and others later to uh, 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 provide written content. But uh, Ala Pundit. Uh, uh, has been there since the beginning, uh, and there's a backstory to who Ala Pundit is and everything, and I, I'd love to tell that, but the point is, is that since Trump came around, uh, Ala Pundit, uh, who was never exactly a rock-ribbed right-wing stalwart, uh, mm-hmm. has but has gone completely over into the, the never-Trump crowd, and... Um, and he put up a blog post in which he claimed that uh, 30% of uh, tr- the Trump era GOP are fanatics who will support mm. Trump in whatever he wants to do. <laughs> and uh, he said, then there's 20% who he called the people like me who find all of this end of endlessly repulsive. And mm. then the remaining 50% 
the sort of hardcore partisans who will vote GOP, no matter what the GOP is serving up. Um, he called them lizard brains <laughs> and said it's the 50% who has run this party into a ditch. Right. And, and I, I'm just like, wow, man. Thank you for finally telling us what you thought of us all these years. But anyways. Well, on the other hand, there, you know, he has allies out there and what I call, what a lot of people used to call the country club Republicans, what I call mm -hmm. the good government Republicans. These are the Republicans who, you know, they're not opposed to government. They just want to run it themselves. Yeah. yeah. Everyone was mocking Liz Cheney because in her concession speech, oh. again, she lost by, by nearly 40 points, uh, uh, that she compared herself to Lincoln. But the, what really, what I found really shocking was when Liz Cheney uh, compared herself to General U.S. Grant, and then yeah. she invokes a very famous scene from the from the uh, Battle of the Wilderness, the wilderness. in, in uh, uh, 1864, May of 1864. Uh, mm -hmm. That was uh, uh, the, the best account of it is in Bruce Catton's uh, Catton, Stillness at right. Appomattox. Oh, by the way, by uh, 1864, my great-grandfather, who served in the 13th Alabama Regiment, uh, was already uh, in Fort Delaware as a prisoner of war. His brother, mm -hmm. however, was still in the 13th. Uh, his brother lost an arm mm. uh, in the Battle of the Wilderness. And so, um, and so uh, I have kind of a personal connection to that battle. Anyways, and so um, he, comparing himself to, to Grant said, instead of turning north back towards Washington and safety, Grant turned his horse south toward Richmond and the heart of uh, Lee's army. Refusing to retreat, he pressed on to victory. Well, in that analogy, okay, if, if Liz Cheney is Grant, then <laughs> who is this enemy that she proposes to defeat by pressing on to victory? And that enemy, of course, is you, the Republican voter. The 74 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, you're the enemy, and, and she wants to wage a war against you. Well, I don't... It, uh, oh. The whole thing here, there's this thing going on here in the governor's election. We've had oh. a rhino gov... We've had a rhino governor here in Maryland for the last couple of years. Um, mm -hmm. And... He uh, was running one of his uh, uh, cabinet members as, uh, as the candidate for the Republican real uh, Republican nomination, and she was defeated by someone who uh, has been endorsed by uh, President Trump. And mm -hmm. Reagan then has gone gone on the local media saying that uh, the the GOP candidate is not stable and shouldn't be elected governor and it's like he is he's 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 called uh, dan cox the uh, republican candidate a nut with no chance whatsoever of winning well you know um he may be right about the not chance of winning because it's a hard uphill slog in maryland but maryland was one of the last states where uh Biden finally did get underwater on approval. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what's going on. But the Republican, uh, the Republican uh, leadership in the state uh, is, is, is starving the campaign for money. And mm. I think they would rather have, uh, they would rather have a very dangerous Democrat uh, be elected than have someone who's not a member of what they think the inner party should be. So mm -hmm. it, 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 it's, it's going to be uh, interesting. Meanwhile, Stacy, uh, you need to, t since we've been on a truth jag, why don't you uh, tell us some blunt truth about hate? Uh, in San Francisco, 
Uh, They have arrested the suspects who attacked a 70-year-old Asian woman. Uh, The video of this attack is just startling. They literally kicked her in the face. Mm -hmm. Okay, a 70-year-old woman. And uh, there's been a problem with anti-Asian hate crimes uh, in San Francisco. But they don't talk too much about it because we know who the perpetrators are. And uh, they're not MAGA voters, okay? They're not not Trump voters. Uh, They arrested an 18-year-old and three juveniles ages 13. 11, 13, and 14 in this attack uh, that, as I said, was captured on video. And Daryl Owens, a black activist in Berkeley, wrote a mm-hmm. column in which he described sitting on a, a bus in San the Francisco. Yeah, what is the 30 Stockton? The 30 Stockton is the tr- bus to Chinatown. It is a, it is slow. It is um, an electric trolley bus and it is uh, always just absolutely packed. Um, it starts out by the train station and uh, goes all the way through downtown along Kearney and up over the hill. And uh, I believe it turns up clay. I've never ridden it that far, but it is hmm. the Chinatown bus. Well, anyways, uh, uh, David Owens was sitting, uh, and there were two black kids on the bus, he said, who were yelling ching chong at a, um, um, elderly Asian woman. Mm-hmm. And he said, I had kept quiet for a few minutes, but I couldn't keep quiet anymore. Hey, if these Chinese people were calling you a bleep, you'd be mad. So don't go saying ching chong and shit. Uh, leave them alone. And uh, this teenager uh, apparently replied, nobody cares, mind your business. And he said, just leave them alone. Respect yourself. Huh. Okay. And, and uh, I went on about that. And the, the whole point is, is that we cannot help it. The fact that um, our group, whatever our group, our little uh, subdivision of society may be, that that our group will be judged uh, based on our individual behavior. In other words, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you can damage the reputation uh, of your group, whatever that group may be, by your b- behavior, or you can improve uh, the uh, reputation of your group by your behavior. This is true. But you know what? Crazy people as a group have uh, some problems with their reputation. And one of the things that we say quite often here on the podcast is crazy people are dangerous. And I'm going to do it this week instead of you, Stacey. Uh, And this is one of those names where um, I actually speak the language. And because the... uh, Diacritical marks have left off the name. I'm not sure exactly how to uh, pronounce the name because it isn't properly accented. But I'm going to guess this. Uh, Van Fu Bui, and 55 years old, has been arrested in New York uh, after he sucker punched uh, a, another uh, person in a cafe. And uh, the thing is, is that... Uh, uh, Boy should have been uh, in jail uh, because of what was going on because he had been uh, convicted back in the 90s uh, and received a, a, a six-year-to-life sentence uh, for, for a crime, but he was out on parole. This is New York. And they're now talking about the police were uh, wanting to charge him with attempted murder. And maybe it just is going to get gone down to assault because the crazy people in this, well, not only probably Mr. Bui, but it's the New York District Attorney's Office where we're dealing oh, with yeah. here. And this is one of the reasons why New York of the 2020s is just like New York of 50 years ago uh, uh, and uh, the 
It was a dangerous place in the 70s. It was scary. Yeah, this guy shouldn't have been on the street. He's a registered, he's a level three sex offender, the worst oh. of the worst. And yet they turned him loose. Yeah. Like I said, crazy people are dangerous. And in this case, it may be the crook, but it's certainly the DA's office that is thinking that this is the way to uh, run their shop. Alvin Bragg. Oh. Yeah, well, anyway. Horrible man. As fortunately, we don't uh, live there in any of the theaters. But we do occasionally live on the interwebs, uh, and we uh, do this podcast. And it's time for us to say goodbye for tonight, though, Stacey. Yes, uh, it, it, we are. Uh, we'll be back next Saturday night with college football. By the way, <laughs> yeah, Vanderbilt plays Hawaii. Seven o'clock Saturday night, as always. The other podcast. Thank you for joining us, Diana. You're welcome. See you next Good week. Night. Good night, Diana. Good, Good night. night. Bye, y'all. Mr. Briggs.